for you to experience new life through the Holy Spirit. And during week two, we saw that through the virgin conception, the virgin pregnancy, the virgin birth, everything changed. It was just a beautiful, beautiful gift from God to you and to me. Week three, the big idea was the Holy Spirit empowers you to make a difference. And we looked at the the challenge to really be bold and to build up the body with the God-given gifts that, that you have. And see, if you're a Christian, not if you're a member of First Christian Church, but if Jesus is Lord of your life, if you're a Christ follower, God has gifted you. Many of you are incredibly gifted, and the call is to use those gifts for the glory of God. And so the big idea today, week four, the big idea is this. If you're a Christ follower, you're called to live by the Spirit. Personal opinion. Fruit is one of the great blessings from the Lord. Can I get an amen? How many fruit lovers do we have with us today? Okay, get your bulletins out right now. Some of you are looking at me kind of funny, even some First Christian Church people. You're not sure you want to do this. On your bulletin, you have a place where it says, my top three fruit, and I want everyone to participate. Write down your top three fruit fruit. What are your favorite fruit? And I actually brought some fruit with me today. We made a little grocery store run last night, and let's see what my wife has packed for me today. We've got grapes. Do we have any fans of grapes out there? All right, okay. Gotta love the grape, don't you? Okay. Um, Anybody know what this is? It's a grapefruit. That's exactly right. Throw that out there. Apple, apple, okay. We've got the orange right here. Anybody like oranges? Okay, all right. What about the banana? I love the banana. Don't we love the banana? And then what is this here? we got strawberries. Any fans of strawberries? And then this big old beast. This is probably going to fall off the table and split, and I'll be in trouble with the elders. But what is this right here? It's a cantaloupe. I ought to crack that open, and we ought to call it a day right now and eat some cantaloupe together. Okay. Any of your favorite fruit up on the the table this morning? Yeah, let me just share with you. You probably don't care, but I'll share with you my top three. Number three is cantaloupe. I love cantaloupe. Smells kind of weird, but once you dive in, you get a good cantaloupe. It's awful good. Fruit number two has to be the banana. I love the banana. It's high in what? Potassium, right? That's good for you. And then the number one fruit, what do you think? Any guesses? Well, not watermelon. That's That's not on the table. Let's find out. It's the strawberry. That's exactly right. You've got to love the strawberry. Fruit is awesome. I love fruit. I found out this week, I don't know if any of you are involved in Weight Watchers or not, but I'm in a sermon study group, and one of the preachers is trying to lose some weight, and he's in Weight Watchers, and he said Weight Watchers just changed. I guess there's points for everything or something along those lines. Fruit now has no points. It's all you can eat. And my buddy Scott said he eats grapes like I eat popcorn. He's just popping them in. He's just loving life. So there you go. Fruit can make all the difference in the world. Well, what does that have to do with this message today? Well, here it is. The Bible speaks of something called the fruit of the Spirit. 
Another way of calling that is the produce of the Spirit. And if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. Grab a pew Bible in front of you. It's the book that says Holy Bible. And turn to page 1155. That was a joke. 1155 in your Bible. And we're going to read together a passage of Scripture and see what we can learn from this this morning as you look at that fruit and you start wondering where you're going to eat lunch today. Okay, let's read together. Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 16. Paul says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, so that you do not know what to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Welcome to church, right? Okay, let's read on. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Real quickly this morning, I want to do two things. I want to try to expound quickly on the truth of the text. What's Paul trying to tell first century Christians about these two different lists that he shared? And then the second thing I want to do is I want to leave you with a couple challenges as you go on your way this Memorial Day weekend. Truth number one, pretty obvious, I'm sure you saw it. Paul paints quite a contrast between living by the Spirit and living according to the sinful nature. And these really are two life patterns that are polar opposites. You look at the list in verses 19 to 21, and it's some pretty awful stuff. And you look at the list in verses 22 and 23, and it's pretty incredible. I think it's on purpose that the Apostle Paul is painting such a contrast the polar opposites. But see that these two life patterns are in conflict with one another. You can't embody the fruit of the Spirit that we know of as love and be involved in sexual immorality. They're polar opposites. You can't embody biblical joy and then be a part of a, a faction or a dissension. You'll blow up inside. Anybody know what's happening or what's happened in China to the watermelon crop in China? Anybody know? Have you heard about what's happening? They're blowing up. They're exploding. They're at the market and people are hanging out. All of a sudden, this melon just explodes. The reason is, is because some of the farmers are injecting a foreign substance to try to really make them grow and expand. And there's too much going in there, but they're blowing up. That's a great picture, though of what will take place in your life, in my life, if we're saying we're a Christ follower and we're trying to live 
according to the way of the world. We're trying to embody part of the time, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and on and on and on. But then we got this other part of our life where uh, we're a part of a faction. We're involved in gossip and slander and tearing others down. We'll blow up. See, trying to straddle the fence will create confusion and frustration. And yet, 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 let me just observe that many, a 21st century Christian does exactly that. They try to straddle that fence. One leg living according to the fruit of the Spirit, driven by the Holy Spirit. One leg fully planted in the way of the world. Truth number one, Paul paints a a huge contrast between living by the Spirit and living according to the sinful nature. We're moving on. Number two, living according to the sinful nature has no place in the life of a Christ follower. Now you may say, Greg, where did you come up with that? The Apostle Paul is the one that came up with it. And here's what he had to say. The consequences of trying to straddle the fence The consequences of trying to live both lifestyles are serious and long-lasting. If you try to live according to the sinful nature, you will never find joy. You will never know peace. You will never understand biblical love. And this is just my comment here. I think Paul's list If you were to summarize the list of the sinful nature, I'm not going to read it again for time's sake, but I think they they, they all kind of fall into two categories, two concepts. One is selfishness, very me-centered, it's all about me. And the other deals with fractured relationships. And some of us who are here today, it's going to be a difficult weekend. Because of a fractured relationship. It's been a difficult time because of a fractured relationship. And I want to just challenge you to think in your heart, to think in your mind. Can I embrace love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? I told you we're going quick this morning. We're moving on to number three. Number three is this, the fruit of the Spirit describes the ideal lifestyle of the Christ follower. See, I believe the fruit of the Spirit gives us a picture of what it looks to live by the Spirit. I don't know if you noticed or not as we were reading those 10 verses of Scripture, verses 16 to 25, Paul starts that section by saying live by the Spirit, and he concludes that section by saying live by the Spirit. That's Paul's challenge for first century Christians, and it's Paul's challenge for Christ followers today. Live by the Spirit, and then he gives you the list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. A man by the name of Leonard Leonard Sweet recently wrote a book um, entitled Nudge. And as he wraps up Nudge, he talks about how we as Christ followers need to operate by what he calls the smell test. And I've got to just be honest with you, I'm a grocery store disaster, so this is really awful for me to even try to use this illustration, but I have been told by my wife and others 
that the way you can tell if a cantaloupe is really good, it's not by feeling it. What is it? Now, that stinks to me. i got to be honest with you. I smell that. It doesn't smell very good. But I know that if I slice that baby open, I get my butcher knife out, and I pop that open, and I eat a piece, it's going to be good. It's fruit number three on my list of fruit. But my wife tells me, don't go by the size, don't go by the feel, go by the smell test. Leonard Sweet says, as Christ followers, we need to take the smell test as well. And he summarizes it like this. He says, the smell of love over fear, the smell of joy over woe, the smell of peace over contentment, the smell of patience over short-temperedness, the smell of kindness over neglect, the smell of generosity over selfishness. The smell of faithfulness over deceitfulness. The smell of gentleness over pride. And the smell of self-control over immediate gratification. And here's what he says. Where Jesus is living, you will smell good fruit. Where's Jesus living this morning? Where's Jesus living this morning? Um, on, on your bulletin, you don't have to do that if, this if you don't want to, but very quickly, much quicker than I probably should. I'm going to give you a biblical picture for each, each of these fruits of the Spirit. And as you read your Bible, many of us went through the Bible in 90 days. We're getting ready to launch a new Bible challenge in early September through the New Testament in 77 days. As you read through your Bible this summer, can I challenge you that when you see one of these fruits of the Spirit being described, that you'll just in your Bible write love or joy or peace. As you start looking at the Bible and as you read it, start seeing where does the fruit of the Spirit show up in the narrative of God's Word. And then let me give you a second challenge related to that. As you look at your life and the lives of those around you, start saying, you know, I see in his life biblical joy. I see in, in her life biblical goodness. Many have called that generosity. I see in this child's life kindness. Let's do this together real quickly. Love. The picture that comes to mind of me is from the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. We have any fans of the book of Ruth? I love the book of Ruth. And how Boaz, kinsman redeemer, loves an outsider, a Moabitess woman by the name of Ruth. He redeems her. And you know what's especially neat about that? They have a child together. Anyone know anything special about that child? That child is part of the line of King David. Ultimately part of the line, the lineage of Jesus Christ. Peace. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, second missionary journey, they're put in prison. It says it's midnight, they're in jail, and what are they doing? They're crying because they're afraid. What are they doing? They're singing praises to the Lord. They're in prison. And the prisoners are starting to join in with them. And the next thing you know, there's this miraculous earthquake, and they escape, and the jailer becomes a Christian. But that's biblical joy. They should have been sad. They should have been scared. I bet if we asked Sergeant Walker this morning, how many people in jail at midnight are singing praises to the Lord, he'd say, probably not very many. That's biblical joy. What about peace? Daniel chapter 6. If you saw the class act kids performance last week, you saw that acted out on stage. Daniel and the lion's den. Let's move on. Patience, the life of Job. The biblical life of Job. Patience in the midst of apparent unjust suffering. Kindness 
In Acts chapter 9, when Saul is converted, Saul was persecuting Christians. He sees this great light. He, he becomes a Christ follower. None of the disciples were buying that at all. They thought it was a big setup, and it was Barnabas in kindness that reached out to him. What about goodness? Some have called that generosity. I think of Luke chapter 19 and the story of Zacchaeus, the wee little man. I'm not going to sing this week. Don't worry. The wee little man was he. He gives half his wealth to the poor, and he repays everyone that he's cheated four times what he cheated them. What about faithfulness? In Daniel chapter 3, we studied this a couple months ago on Sunday morning, the stories of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not cave in. They said, we'll only worship our God, and our God will deliver us. And the fiery furnace had nothing that could bring them harm. Gentleness. Mark chapter 1. This is one of the great unknown, unpreached, untaught narratives in the New Testament. Jesus gets up in the morning ready to pray. He goes off all by himself. Peter and the other disciples, they're so ready to do miracles. They're so ready to preach. They're so ready to do great things in the name of the Lord. They come to Jesus and they rebuke Jesus for praying. They said, we've been looking for you everywhere. What are you doing? It's time to go do some more miracles. It's time to go preach some more sermons. If I'm Jesus, I, I, maybe I'm calling for a lightning bolt from heaven. You know, I'm definitely going to be putting him in his place. Jesus says, okay. Let's go. That's, that, that's gentleness. And then self-control. Joseph, Genesis chapter 39, the self-control he showed with Potiphar's wife. So what? What's this got to do with you on this Memorial Day weekend? I want to leave you with three things real quickly. First, if you're a Christ follower, my friends, you have a choice to make. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. If you get nothing else out of Galatians 5, understand, if you're a Christ follower, you have a choice to make. Number two, if you belong to Jesus, this text tells us that we have destroyed the sinful nature. We have crucified the sinful nature. That means the gossip should be no more. That means the slander should be no more. That means the sexual immorality should be no more. That means the drunkenness should be no more. That big old list of things not to do in verses 19 to 21. Paul's saying if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, you have destroyed the sinful nature. And then finally, number three, when you make a conscious choice to live by the Spirit, you are able to overcome the trap of the sinful nature. If you're sitting there today and you're saying that was a great expository message. That was a great Bible summary. But you don't know my life. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the temptations that I face. You don't know the life circumstance that I'm living. You don't know the family situation. I would say to you, if you live by the Spirit, you can, you will overcome the trap of the sinful nature. Bottom line, right here, live by the Spirit by embracing and embodying the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's live by the Spirit. Let's pray. God, thanks for today, and thanks for the chance to gather together in your name. We love you. We thank you for Jesus, your Son, for the hope that he brings us, and in his name that we pray. Amen.
It is invitation time, as it is every week at our church. And if you're a visitor, you may have no idea what that means, and that's okay. Every week, we offer the invitation to come forward and to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, to become a Christian. I want to do something different today uh, along those lines. I'm going to be over here on the side. Adam, where's Adam at? Adam Brooker. Are you? Adam's going to be right over here by the communion table. Kent Hickerson is in the back. I'm going to ask Kent to stand in the back. And I'm going to ask Ernie to go over to this corner here. Uh, I sat on stage today. I don't normally do that. And I noticed that even through the worship time and through the reading of the list, a lot of hurting people, a lot of tears being shed. It's a hard Sunday for many of you. Last year, uh, my father passed away. And last Remembrance Day Sunday, when I heard his name, tears welled up in my eyes. And so if you want prayer during this time, I want to just invite you to seek out one of the, the four ministers that are in the different parts of the sanctuary. We'd be happy to pray for you. Let's stand together as we sing our song of commitment. Have thy known way, Lord. Have thy known way. Search me and try me, Master being here today. Isn't it good to see a packed house? Amen. 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 Today in junior church, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit as well. And so you can talk to your kids about the fruit of the Spirit. If they remembered something, I taught the lesson. If they don't remember anything, Greg taught the lesson. So